Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. And on today's show, we have our good friend, Rich Brooks, with us. And we're talking all about the remarkability formula. What is the remarkability formula? What makes a brand remarkable? And how do you know if yours has what it takes? Well, here's a hint. It's not your marketing. It's you. So we're going to ask Rich all about that today. Rich, how are you doing today, my friend? So excited to see you after Lima. I'm assuming that you, I guess you did make it back okay. So uh, I did make good. it back okay. We, As I was saying, we, we went by way of Cleveland so we could check out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, something that was on our bucket list for lack of a better phrase, but I'd been wanting to check that out for years, and it did, it did not disappoint. So Gary, uh, my friend Gary Stockton, uh, is saying, you need to bust out the harp and give us some blues. Now, uh, I am oh, not yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I will not do that, Gary, but Gary is more of a musician than I am. Um, but if you guys don't know who Rich is, let me introduce you, because he is the founder and president of Flight New Media, a digital agency in Portland, Maine, that's been in business for nearly 25 years. He's a nationally recognized speaker and expert on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. He's founded the Agents of Change, an annual conference and weekly podcast, which I have had the pleasure of being on, focusing on search, social, and mobile marketing. He's the author of The Lead Machine, the small business guide to digital marketing, which helps entrepreneurs and marketers reach more of their ideal customers online. And once again, you guys can check that out over on Amazon. Uh, It's right down down there in uh, the... uh, the carousel. So make sure you get his book because it's really, really good. But I also want to do a quick shout out to our friends over at Ecamm. Uh, you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com, Ecamm, um, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They have an amazing sale going on right now. And you can actually, if you are a new user, you can actually go and uh, get 30% off Ecamm uh, Pro. It's the promo code is July 30. So you have a few more weeks to get that. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Get this special they have on. This is a great deal. 30% off by with the promo code July. 30. So Grace, what about our first section? What we got going? Well, the first question obviously is what is the remarkability formula? So we on the show talk a lot about standing out online. It's a big top of mind, a big topic that's top of mind nowadays. You know, in our industry, we're always fretting about platforms and hopping on the next big trend and, you know, the diminishing attention spans that we keep hearing about, which of course happening, right? And there's just so much to consume and to watch. And we're always competing for likes and subscribers and followers. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to stand out online and offline. And so what we are talking about today, though, goes way beyond 
marketing. And we invited Rich Brooks here to talk to us about the central tenets of the remarkability formula. So tell us what is it and and what 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 do we need to know about it? Yeah, well, thank you, Grace. Uh, that's a great lead in. So, you know, I've been doing this for, I gotta update my bio, because actually we, Flight did turn 25 this year. So I've been doing this for over 25 years. And there was a time when just having a website or just doing SEO or just being on Facebook was enough to separate if you from your competition to stand out to reach people but these days every business is doing that and so it's no longer enough and this is something i hear from my clients all the time that what was working a few years ago isn't working now so really it's about getting back to the basics of marketing and of being a company and how do you stand out and so these are the remarkability formula came about because these were the questions that I was asking my clients to really understand how we could best position them, how we could best market them. And in the past few years, it kind of codified into what I now call the remarkability formula. And this is the idea of remarkability is nothing new, right? We've heard about unique selling propositions. We've heard about blue ocean strategies. We've heard about the purple cow. The purpose of the formula is just the idea that this is a step-by-step, -step, very actionable process that you can do at home uh, and basically really uncover what makes your brand remarkable. And I truly believe that almost every brand is either remarkable or could find something remarkable in their business or create something remarkable that is going to be very difficult for anybody else to compete with and is going to attract your, more of your ideal customers. So can you talk a, a little bit, uh, Rich, you mentioned the purple cow and some people may not know what that is. Can you just kind of give a little, because, you know, that sounds a little scary. Yeah, that, was a if you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a Seth Godin book. And just talking about, I, I believe he was, his family and he were traveling through, through uh, countryside in France and they're like, oh, cow, oh, cow. And it, to the point where it wasn't really interesting anymore. And he says, you know, if suddenly there was a purple cow that would have caught people's attention. Mm. So the idea of the purple cow is, okay, it was interesting that you have a website. It was interesting that you're on the first page of Google. You know, it's interesting that you're sharing these stories on Facebook, but now everybody's doing that. So now you need to become a purple cow just to attract any attention. And mm. that's what we're seeking, right? We're seeking attention so that we can grow our businesses or our nonprofits or whatever it is that we're looking to do. But it usually takes, you know, building that audience, standing out from the crowd to be able to do it. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you because um, the remarkability of formula is a really great marketing term. So how long did it take for you to think of when you were thinking about this? You mentioned some years, you know, you're talking to your clients about this. How long did it actually take you to put it together when you said, hey, this is a formula that I can talk about? Right, exactly. Marketers love those kind of things, right? Something that's bite sized and memorable. Um, I had been thinking about this idea uh, for a while. And then you and I were talking about the fact that I took the heroic public speaking course mm -hmm. from Michael and Amy Port and having to I had this idea about the fact that there's too much sameness out there and you really need to figure out what makes you stand out. And then once I said the word remarkability, everything just kind of fell into place. And it's funny because once I started using that word, people like it resonated with people like, yes, I want to be remarkable, mm. but it can be a big scary word as well. So once I 
once I realized that that's what I wanted to build around, I started pulling in stories about companies that had done something remarkable or were remarkable in some way. And as I started to pull together all these stories, I started to find that they kind of fell neatly into four different categories. And those are the four lenses that I talk about in the remarkability formula, which are find, focus, forge, and frame. And certainly happy to kind of do a, a dive into each one of those, depending on how you want to run yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So let's... Um Let's go ahead and start with it. Like what, what, when you say find, you know, does that mean just Google it? What are you talking about? What, is, you know, what does it mean? So when I, when I go through the process with clients and when I've done it with myself, it, it, find is where I like to start because it's the easiest thing. If you can find something that already exists, that's remarkable, uh, about your company, the reason why people choose you over your competitors, uh, all you really need to do is then just identify it and, and give it a name. So that's really easy. And just, you know, one quick example of, of how this might work for you is uh, I tell a story about when I had my when I bought my first house and I needed to get the house painted. A lot of you know people might think, well, house painting isn't really remarkable. Like you can't be remarkable if you're a house painter. But what this guy did is he brought 20 people to our house and got the entire house painted in one day and then came back another day for the second coat. You know, 20 guys like just swarming on our house like like a, like a NASCAR crew and turning it from before to after in just, you know, two days, uh, you know, singing sea shanties the whole time. You know, that was remarkable. I don't think they really sang sea shanties, but that's how I like to remember it. Right. Um, my neighbors took notice and that's remarkable. And it's also got one of the tenets of remarkability that it's not easy to replicate, especially in this job market. I mean, keeping 20 guys, especially a seasonal business like that on staff is very difficult. And mm -hmm. most other painting companies are not going to go try and go head to head on that particular element of remarkability. So find it could be about your product. It could be about your people. It could be about your pricing. Uh, you know, I, I talk about the fact it doesn't have to be cheap pricing, you know, gray goose vodka right. um, when they came to market. They could have priced themselves along with other premium brands of the day. They just call themselves super premium, which didn't exist before then. And suddenly they're charging twice as much per bottle and they can't even keep it on the shelves. So find the thing that's remarkable. The reason why people choose you already interview your current customers. Um, that's usually the first lens we look at. And, and you don't want to stop there, even if you do find something like my whole premise is find use all four lenses because the more you can find that's remarkable about your business and then kind of tie those things in together, that's where you really start to stand out. One of the things with, uh, I just listened to a podcast, Business Wars, which I love, and they talked, there was about uh, Hagen dazs and it was the same thing. They weren't really that much better. They, you know, whipped it up a little bit different, but they went with that premium pricing, just like Gregor's Vodka. So it was a fascinating story. So Grace, you got the next and they, one? And the umlauts. What'd you yeah, say? They sound, and oh, go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say, and the umlauts. Nobody was doing umlauts back then, <laughs> except for maybe death metal band from Sweden. So, I mean, really, they kind of. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I want to say that as a kid, I, I remember liking Hagen dazs because it sounded exotic and unique, right? right. Like it was, right. it was, up, it sounded upscale. Like, I don't know. I grew, I'm in Texas, so Bluebell was our More standard. More than like St. Brigham's, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't <laughs> even mention any other ice cream than Bluebell no, in Texas. Come no, on. no. Yeah. Uh, you will be hauled out of the state it's and right. given Hagen dazs let's hope, right? right. Um, so let's walk through the process of really thinking about the remarkability for ourselves, for our brands, you know, for our own personal brands. 
And this doesn't seem like something that you can probably be dashed off in one afternoon or even done in one company retreat. So how much time should we, as either solo entrepreneurs or as a brand, devote to this process to really to really get it? That's a great question, because usually when I lead somebody through it, I usually spend about an hour with them and I go through each of the four lenses. But you can't always answer every question. First of all, you Mm -hmm. may not find something remarkable about your business in every single category. And the forge uh, lens is actually about creating something extrinsic to your business, but is in keeping with your mission and values. So it may be that you've never done this and there is nothing extrinsic to your business right now that you can point to and say that's remarkable. So it may be at that point about like, okay, we need to create something. We need to forge something remarkable about the company And that could take something, I mean, that could be a few hours or it could take weeks or months. And we were talking about putting on an event and putting on an event can take months of planning. So it really just depends on what you need to accomplish. Some people might sit down and might get it done in an hour, might say, oh, you know what, actually, so we bring 20 people to the job site, we get it done in a 10th of the time of anybody else. And that's what makes us remarkable. And so then you can lean into that and make that part of your marketing. But I would say it starts with an hour, but it's probably an iterative process for most companies. I always look to find the things that aren't easily replicable. Mm-hmm. So the competition is not going to say, oh, we can do that too. Like Facebook ad campaign, anybody can re- replicate a Facebook ad campaign. So finding something or uncovering or niching down to a point where people can't easily compete with you, that's really critical. But over time, sometimes some some elements of remarkability are about the novelty. So it might be that something is really remarkable for a year or six months or a week, depending on what it is. You can take advantage of that, but then you're going to have to move on and find some things that are a little bit more evergreen or just keep on finding new elements of remarkability that rely on novelty. So So as I was going through your process, like the thing that I really had a hard time wrapping my head around or thinking about it thinking about it was a forge i've heard you call it fashion before but forge i changed like, the name because everybody got confused uh, yeah so what would you like me to call it fashion or forge which is better oh forge forge is the right forge. one okay. fashion everybody yeah. started thinking i had to get dressed up That's okay great. so talk to me about wrapping my head around forge because this idea of offering something extrinsic but aligns with our goals like that was the one thing that i was like as i was thinking about this for myself i was just like okay what (laughs) hopefully i'm not alone in that i'll give you two examples um one is one of my favorite marketing examples ever and it's from Barilla, the pasta company. And uh, we've all made the mistake of overcooking our pasta. You know, we forget to set the timer, somebody calls us and suddenly dinner is ruined. So Barilla had this very unique approach to this. And what they did is they created a series of Spotify playlists that were perfectly timed for al dente pasta, whatever it was. So there's boom bop fusilli, uh, there <laughs> is mixtape spaghetti, and they're all the right amount of time for your pasta to cook exactly right. And on top of that, if you go to these playlists on Spotify, you'll see that there's beautiful cover art that's been done by Italian artists, that at least some of the music is from Italian musicians. And this is all in keeping with Barilla's idea that cooking is art. Now, obviously you could just ask Alexa, sorry, I shouldn't say her name out loud, but um, to set a timer for you or set a timer yourself, right? You don't need to use this timer. 
but it's clever, it's interesting, it gets people talking, and this really gets you know, it, it's gotten all this press. It's driven people to the website. Uh, the the spaghetti playlist has over 18,000 followers on Spotify. So it's a, even another platform that they can market on. This whole story becomes remarkable. So that's one example. So it's, it's not needed, but it's keeping in alignment with their mission and values. And then if I can self-serve right now, the Agents of Change yeah. Conference, which we put on every year uh, when there's not a global pandemic, that is a conference that is very much in keeping in, in alignment with flight's values. We believe that digital marketing can really even the playing field and give any business or nonprofit the opportunity to succeed. And so at Flight, we're an agency. We do this kind of for you. Agents of Change is about teaching people the tools of digital marketing, the strategies so they can succeed. Obviously, you don't need to go to the conference to higher flight and vice versa. So it's extrinsic to what our main offering it is, but it isn't keeping an alignment. But it works for us because once I get up on stage in front of the agents of change crowd, they also see that I work for flight new media and they, you know, a lot of the stuff like the bags are co-branded flight new media and agents of change. So we've gotten into a lot of boardrooms uh, that we're not even in around Maine, New England, and across the country for people who have come and they're like, we should at least be talking to Flight New Media because this is really what they do. And I know from talking to clients like, hey, how did you find us? Well, you know, I've been going to the Agents of Change for three years. I'm finally ready for a new website. Or I'm finally ready for some SEO. And so that's been a great thing. And again, putting on a conference is a ton of work. None of my local competitors are going to say, hey, look, I'm going to put on my own three to 400 person event here in Maine that's so depopulated that we still have only one area code. And they certainly won't have famous people like Grace and Jeff who could come out to speak at this conference <laughs> because they don't know the people I do because they haven't gone to these conferences. So these are the things that help make flight remarkable and they're difficult for my, now those other competitors, great agencies in town, they may do something else. One of them focuses just on e-commerce. Uh, another one really focused on getting their B Corp certification. So you just have to lean into what makes you remarkable and not try and copy someone else. So really quickly, I want to I want to pull up some comments because I want to go through. So we've talked about find, we've talked about focus, we've talked about forge, and this last one I, I want some questions about. But um, let's see. Sabrina says she's listening to Rich Brooks take flight. Thanks, Sabrina, for uh, coming uh, and listening again. She's a faithful viewer and listener. And I wanted to spell Thanks. out uh, flight because if you guys are listening to this podcast, it's it's take and it's f l y t e dot com. So if you're typing it in like it sounds, you you'll you'll I don't know where it'll go, but uh, don't do that. <laughs> go to f l y t e dot com if you're listening. Uh, we also have uh, Martin uh, is on LinkedIn and he goes brand management is paramount to my business. I spend a lot a uh, large amount of time on my branding, frustrating my web manager and graphic designer, but competition is good. I call it. Uh, cooperation. I think that's how I say it. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, great point there, uh, Martin. He's also a faithful viewer. He goes, uh, also, so many don't care about their brand, then wonder why they aren't uh, securing any business. So very true. And on that note, oh, oh yeah. Rich, I wanted to ask. Absolutely. I was just agreeing with Martin there. Yeah. So on that note, and as we go through these, do you have to go through them in order? Because I think a lot of times that focus that we kind of glossed over a little bit, you talked about how to stand out and you talked about, you know, 
Facebook ads. Everybody can do Facebook ads. But if you do, if your agency that does Facebook ads for nonprofits, then you start going into that scaling of being more remarkable. And like Mitch Jackson, who's a lawyer, he is the metaverse lawyer. Aren't many metaverse lawyers right now. So that kind of stuff. So do you have to go through them in order? You know, how long do you spend on each one before we get to this last one is kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you don't have to go in order. I tend to have my own order, but it doesn't mean that it's the right order. For me, I usually go find, then I go focus, which we didn't really talk about, but is a lot of niching down, niching down until it hurts, where you're Mm -hmm. the only person serving a specific audience with a specific pain point. That's another great way of really becoming remarkable. Um, And then... And then I usually go into forge and then I go into frame and frame can be the most difficult one to understand for a lot of people. Um, it is and it doesn't always work when it works. It's genius, but it doesn't always work for everybody. And the idea of frame is just is there a new way to position what you're offering so that you stand out. And one example where it really did work well is a story that I stole from Matthew Pollard, who wrote the book, The Introvert's Edge. And he was working with a woman who was teaching Mandarin and business was great. Um, This was out in California. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of upstart competitors came into the marketplace, drove down the cost, took away a lot of her business, and she was really struggling. And when she started working with Matthew, Uh, he looked at her client base and saw that two of the people were actually business people who had just been assigned to China, to the, you know, the China department. And so they needed to learn Mandarin and they were taking it from her. She was doing more than teaching them though. She was also teaching them about business etiquette in China. And she was also working with the spouse and children of these people so that they would feel more comfortable because it's very expensive to relocate somebody to China and you don't want it to fail. So he said, oh, so you're kind of like helping people succeed in China. And from that moment on, she rebranded as the China success coach. Suddenly, she's not competing with other people teaching Mandarin because there's very there's no one else doing what she's doing. She added nothing to what she's doing. She just kind of refocused for the most for the most value to attract her ideal customer who is happy to pay any fee. And so they then went after that specific narrow target. They actually went after recruiters at this point um, who, so it was kind of a combination of frame, but then also working in some focus. Mm. So you can see that when you start putting these lenses together, that's when you really start to build this unassailable position in the marketplace. It would be very difficult for somebody to come in and compete with her directly. It would, there'd be a lot fewer people who could compete with her directly on that. So on, on that note, um, how can you offer multiple, I mean, we've kind of given like really specific and you talked about niching down until it hurts. Can you be, uh, have more than one remarkable thing about you? Like, uh, you know, talked about, she's the, you know, the, the China, the China kind of angle. Does she have other things that remarkable or do you just like, I'm going to focus on this. This is what I'm going to be known for. Like you're known for agents of change podcast and conference. I mean, that's one of the things that makes you stand out and you do this. Now right. you have this remarkability formula. That's another thing. So you kind of almost have multiple pieces. It's it's always good if there are multiple things that make you remarkable. And my guess is most businesses, once they go through this process, are going to find more than one thing that makes them remarkable, or they can make a change fairly easily that will make them remarkable. So I don't think you stop at it. But what I would try and do is 
is there a way to take those two things together to combine different elements of remarkability? So it's really something where it's like, wow, no one else can be doing this. And I think that's really where people are going to find success. But if there's a few things that make you remarkable, but maybe one's over and find and another one's in forge and you can't really figure out a coherent way to put them together, then I would talk about both of those things. You know, maybe you have the lowest prices and you have immediate delivery. You know, those are both positive things and you could try different ad campaigns to see which one resonates with your audience the most. So there's no limit to what you can do. Um, combine them if you can, but if you can't, there's still great things that will keep the competitors at bay. Gotcha. So here's the, on that same note, which one do you focus on first? If you have multiple, multiple ones, do you go on the one that you think has the biggest audience or, you know, you know, how do you kind of leverage that in your marketing? I don't know that there's one correct answer for this, but some things that I might immediately try is just, you know, this is the beauty of Facebook and Google ads is that you can really just put it out there and see which one gets the most engagement, gets the most clicks, turns into the most business. So that's one great way of doing it. And the other thing is, if you've been in business for any length of time, go to your customers and say, hey, look, here's two or three things that we think help us stand out in the marketplace. Which one resonated with you? And very often with the find process, and this is why it is an iterative process, I'll tell people if they don't know what makes them what's already remarkable about their business is go survey your current customers. Why did they choose you? Those sort of things. You'll start to hear some words that come up on why um, they chose you over the competition. And that may be the most important thing, because another important thing to keep in mind is remarkability is a lot like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. If your customers, if your audience don't find something remarkable about your business, then it's not. And no amount of convincing will change their minds. So it's really up to them about what makes you remarkable. So that's also why I like that kind of testing these messages out in the marketplace, using something like Facebook or Google ads to see, or LinkedIn ads for that matter, to see which one resonates with your audience. Mm, great, great points. So you lead a conference called the Agents of Change. And so I don't have to tell you that change and creating pathways to change is really, really hard, <laughs> especially when you're at an established organization that has done things the way that they've done things and da, da, And I've seen people get flustered and want to give up, do what they've always done and just just to get the results they always have just to be done with the conversation. They don't, they don't want to be different. They don't want to change, right? So as you're walking through clients or, or with anyone really uh, through this, the, the lenses of the, the remarkability formula, what have been the most common pitfalls or challenges that people typically encounter and how do you help them get past it? That's a good one. Um, so I think sometimes it's understanding how to forge something. That could be one. Um, and the framing one doesn't work for everybody, so that can be a challenge. Another challenge that a lot of people have is the idea of niching down, niching down until it hurts, the whole idea of focus. It's like, but I want to be all things to everybody. I don't want to give up yes. that part of my business. You know, I, I once got a job doing that thing. I don't want to miss out another opportunity. And that is just a terrible way of destroying a business. And so that is something focus can be one of the most painful lenses because to tell somebody that they need to stop working with a certain segment of the population or that they need to shrink their delivery area um, or whatever it may be, they need to close their shop on Mondays through Thursdays to drive you know, people to the store on, on the rest of the week. 
those things are very scary. Um, but my experience over time has been that the more we niche down, the more successful we become. And also, people reward uh, specialists over generalists in a lot of categories. So that's something else. You can often charge more once you start to own a niche. Mm. But those are some of the challenges, Grace, that I've seen people like just struggle with during this whole process. And like you said, change can be difficult. And of course, the name of my conference is Agents of Change. So for me, I've always looked at that as a strength. Like if you can continue to adapt in, in this world, then you're going to be successful. And, you know, Charles Darwin often gets misquoted by saying it's survival of the fittest. What he actually said was it's survival of those who can adapt the fastest. I may be paraphrasing, but it was about right. adaptability, not about strength. Mm. Right. So we have a great question from uh, one, our friend over on LinkedIn, Robert W. Lee says, good points uh, made on being remarkable. What are the signs you would look for uh, uh, people or business to look for if uh, they need to be nimble to update what makes them remarkable? I imagine it's harder if it's a change in service or a product than that's something that's intangible. So what would you say to Robert there? Keep that question up there for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, just a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, so generally, I would say that what are the signs you would look for uh, to be nimble and update? Um, so if you're asking about how do you know if it's time to start doing this type of work or to redo this work if you've done it in the past, I mean, I would say, are you starting to not get the returns on your marketing and advertising than you used to? And sometimes it's just about looking around. If I see another agency who suddenly I'm competing with on projects and they're getting a bunch of them, I need to figure out what makes me stand out so that I can attract the kind of jobs that Flight New Media would be best suited for, um, attract those kind of people and really, you know, that would be an element of focus that's usually a sign that it's time to make another change, that it's time to niche down further or to forge something new. Hope I understood your question correctly, but that would be my response. Yeah, uh, Robert, if yeah. you have some follow-ups, just drop them in there and we'll pull them up on screen uh, mm -hmm. as we go along. But uh, uh, Grace, did you have another question on that same I was topic? just trying to digest that question. <laughs> right, that's okay. Robert asks great questions. He always asks. He does, he asks yeah. very deep, intense questions. Yeah. <laughs> So you talk about doing flashes in there. I had to work my way through. So yeah. yeah. Yes. I had to work my way through. Well, so he says, I imagine it's harder to change a service than a product. If that's intangible. I don't know. Is it harder to change a service than a product? What, what do you think as someone who offers a service? I, mean, I know we, we do services. I would think that it'd be more difficult to change a product unless you do agile manufacturing or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it may be that the product can stay the same, but it offers another uh, another service, another way of using that, or maybe the benefit you get from using that service, uh, that product, can be repositioned, can be reframed, and that's what's going to make it remarkable. Um, I think the remarkability formula really comes in handy when you feel just stuck and you're not yeah. seeing the ROI that you used to get, that your messages aren't resonating the way they used to. And, and of course, we all know that, you know, we used to post something to Facebook, we get so much more engagement as a business than we do today. That's an algorithm thing that's beyond our control. But if you're out there in the marketplace and other places, and you're just not seeing that anybody's paying attention to you, because they're so overwhelmed with data and news feeds and everything else, that's when you have to really sit there and say, 
this is a pain point for me. My company will not survive if we keep going on doing the same old thing. Let's figure out what makes us remarkable. And quite honestly, what makes you remarkable may mean that you take a smaller slice of the pie or go after a smaller slice of the pie, but just try and own that slice of the pie. Mm. So you talk about attracting clients. We've talked a lot about attracting clients and customers, but you also made a point at, at you know, an interview that I was listening to in preparation of this about talking about, you talked about how this is creating an unassailable barrier to competition. So talk to us more about that, about creating this barrier to competition, because I know a lot of companies that focus a lot on their competition and not enough on their customers. So help us alleviate their worries. Right. So when I say I think that that is the unassailable position in the marketplace, that's an outcome of doing this work. And so, mm -hmm. like I said before, the example with the Agents of Change Conference, if somebody there's obviously a lot of business in, in, in Portland, Maine, and in, in the area, there's a lot of other agencies who are looking to get that business. There are it is a lot of work to put on that conference. You know, we put in over 500 hours because we track these sort of things. That's a big deal. And like I said, I have access to certain speakers that they would have to pay a lot of money for um, where I'm just going to give them tequila and everybody goes home happy. So uh, these are things that it's difficult for them to compete with. So they'll they'll have to go and, and do something else. So that's what I'm talking about in creating a really unassailable position in the marketplace. Or, you know, when I talk about focus, often John Lee Dumas's podcast is an example I bring up. Um, John had probably the first seven day a week business podcast out there. It was not meant for everybody because at the time, most people didn't want that much audio content, but he knew there was a sub audience of, of uh, podcast listeners who wanted inspirational content on a daily basis. And that's what he created. Um, that was pretty unassailable at the time. And he was the first one who did it. So, you know, you can, no one else could be the first one. So there's a lot of different ways that you do this, but by doing the work, and by looking for differentiators that aren't easy to replicate, the 20 guys on the painting crew, putting on your own event that takes a lot of time, those are the kind of things that start to create that unassailable position. Now, I'm not saying that another agency couldn't say, oh, yeah, Rich, well, we're going to put on our own 400-person conference and we're going to bring in some of the biggest names, even bigger than you can get because we've got a bottomless budget. Yeah, they could, but it's unlikely that that's going to happen. So that's a fairly safe competitive edge that I have. And even if they try to do it, there's, you know, I still had a, you know, a conference that's been going on for 10 years now, and that's remarkable. Mm, that's a great point. So somebody else who's remarkable is our friend Jim Fuse over I, I watching on YouTube saying, great to see you, everyone. Hey, yeah, so he, uh, he was remarkable. <laughs> he is, and he was at the conference with us too, and he got to hear uh, uh, Rich talk as well. But somebody else, look at how great I segue. Um, who's remarkable is our sponsor, Ecamm, and you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They do have a sale going on right now. If you're a new user, you can get 30% off their pro. Uh, that's a promo code if you use July 30, and that's all uh, smashed together. Um, July 30 is the code to get that 30% off, and it ends at the end of this month, so you want to grab this now. But uh, thanks to our sponsor, Ecamm, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. All right. So um, really quick, I want to um, get this off the screen. There we go. Um, I want to talk about, you know, we want to talk about how to do this in like real life. This has kind of been theoretical. We've got some great, you know, had some great examples. And now I want Haagen-Dazs. Don't tell Bluebell. It's right down the road for me. Oh. But I just, um, we've got, and, and 
the, you know, Grey Goose, of course. I don't know if that would go together or not. There's probably a, a cocktail that would. But um, <laughs> let's get let's get really practical. And Grace, I know you had some great questions about this, so just dive right into to that. We do the show so close to lunchtime, and there's That's always hard. a point it's in the so show, hard. Rich, where, where Jeff starts like talking about food nonstop. I and hope I'm this like, mic didn't pick up my stomach. Up. Yeah, it's not a thunderstorm. It's Jeff's <laughs> stomach. So it's just his desk, you guys. Just right. kidding. <laughs> so I saw this quote attributed to you, Rich. It's I think it was from uh, Lima, the Lima conference. It says, "Marketing is rarely a differentiator; it is an amplifier and a multiplier." But if you have nothing of value to share, your results will be zero. That is very impactful. So I'm going to talk about my day job. I work mid-level within a brand's marketing team. And my job is to think about one tiny piece of our entire larger marketing strategy all day long. Meanwhile, our leadership is the one who determines our value proposition and our our remarkability, right? And I ask this for myself, but also hypothetically, because I know that a lot of our listeners and viewers are in the same position as me. They're, they work within a marketing department of a larger organization. So how do I encourage my company or my leadership to think about our value proposition in this way? Because let's say you were people listening to the show, they're sold, got it, whatever. But how do I get my boss, essentially, to embrace the remarkability formula? How do I start well, inserting it into my day job? First, I'd make them listen to your excellent uh, internet show. So that would certainly help. But, um, it, and I'm not one to give uh, advice for managing up as I've run my business for 25 years. I can't even remember the last time I had to uh, to work for somebody yes. else. But I would say, you know, a couple different options. I don't know if any of these will necessarily work for you, but maybe for some of the people in the audience. One is if you are just in control or have some say on one specific element of what's going on, maybe try and use a remarkability formula to uncover what make that small segment remarkable and try and work that into some of the marketing and advertising and communication that you do around that piece of it. Um, The other thing is, if there's not a big enough pain point, it's very difficult to get anybody above you to take action. But if you can show some numbers, you know, I, I am... I love looking at Google Analytics. I love looking at those kind of uh, analytics and just understanding what what's moving the business. If we can show, if you can show that there's been a downward decline in social media engagement or traffic to the website or conversions on the website, then you can agitate that pain point and say, look, you know, I actually think that there's some things that we could be trying right now that might work. You know, could I have a little bit of the budget or could I have a little bit or could we have one meeting that we kind of walk through this process to really understand what can help our product stand out? Because our product, our service, our offering is is in a sea of sameness. And if we don't stand out soon, we're going to lose all the traction we've built up. So it's a little bit of a sales job to the people above you. But the other option is like, is there something, you know, it, it sounded like you had control over over a segment of what the overall brand is doing. Maybe just try and focus that remarkability formula on that segment. Mm, that's good, good advice. advice. So Love I, that. I want to flip that a little bit. So kind of have the opposite perspective here. So I collaborate with other creators and we talked about how great it is to have a podcast and a live show because you get like free consulting, which is what we're doing now with Rich. Um, And I have a weekly mastermind as well, but I would be considered like a solo entrepreneur or a personal uh, or business brand. So sometimes it's hard to get out of your own head. And that's why I love masterminds. That's why I love doing what I do. 
Do you have any resources or consultants to help, you know, guide me through this remarkability formula? Do I just need to buy your book? You know, where can I well, like, find out more? So the book is unwritten. It is a plan. So the okay. book, the, the, uh, the, the, what is it called? The lead machine. What is my book called? Um, that is more about straight up digital marketing, how to okay. develop a digital marketing strategy for your company and, and to put it out in the world. The Remarkability Formula is a book that's up here, so it is not available on Amazon at this time. Um, <laughs> I do have a, my Agents of Change is also a podcast, and episode 400 was about the Remarkability Formula. I mean, obviously you could watch this again and go through it. I am working on a worksheet or a workbook, but it is not available. So um, I love talking to people about the Remarkability Formula, so let me just throw it out to your audience. If people wanna book a free time with me, they can. I'll take a limited number of people who are watching this, whether it's live or on demand, just reach out to me through my website, which is right there, takeflight.com, find the contact form, reach out to me, uh, or find me on social media. I am the Rich Brooks everywhere. Um, and I'd be happy to take on a few people and just do a free consulting as I'm continuing to capture more stories of remarkability anyways. Um, but no, the book is not available. The movie is not yet available on Netflix. <laughs> the rights, yeah, you gotta sell the rights, get the rights out, yeah. So I wanna- uh, Yeah, I, see, with the goal for 2023 at this point, that's it. Gotcha, gotcha. Just, just upload your brain to the cloud. That's just, right. Just the Amazon AWS, just rich to Amazon directly, okay? In, instead of Google, it'll just be Brooks. We'll just say, hey, did you Brooks it today? And I'm like, yeah, we did. So yeah, um, we, did. we do have some questions. Now, Robert, once again, he asked some great questions and Robert, no problem asking questions. Ask as many as you want. And I'm gonna read the first one and then we'll put up the second one because it kind of broke a little bit. He goes, uh, thanks Rich, Jeff and Grace. Uh, Rich is correct in his interpretation of my question. I understand his answer. The struggle is identifying in competitive industry where the barrier of entry is so low. It is, uh, at, and I'll pull up this, as, um, as if identifying what's remarkable is enough when competitors are offering similar response to stand out. So you're in that crowded yeah. marketplace, you have those remarkability things, but how do you get that visible? I think is what Robert is kind of asking. Well, I think there's two things that Robert might be asking. One is how do you make it visible or how do you communicate it? And the other piece would be is, you know, what if your competitors are basically saying the same thing? So if your competitors are saying the same thing or then you're not remarkable, no offense. Uh, if your competitors can replicate what you're doing very quickly, then again, that's not very remarkable as far as the formula goes, because if anybody can do it with very little effort, then it's not gonna stand up. That whole idea of like creating that unassailable position in the marketplace. In a very competitive market, it is very difficult. Like this is something that helps some companies more than others, like almost anything out there. Um, I would see what I could do to um, really find something that they can't compete with. And this might end up being a job for Forge. So for me, it was putting on a conference. Um, maybe for somebody else, it might be, and I don't know your industry, but um, is there something where you could have a scholarship to bring people up into this industry? Not that another company couldn't do it, but if you do it first, you'll be known as the company that did that. So there are things that you could get creative about and be known for, oh yeah, there's a million people that sell that widget, but did you know they've got a widget scholarship and they bring, um, they take 20 underage, uh, underprivileged kids and put them through college for this particular uh, course load. 
and I'm just obviously riffing here, but right. those are the kind of things that would help you stand out that it's not that your competitors couldn't do the same thing, but they would look like copycats. So they're probably not going to do the same thing. Just like Barilla Pasta, any other pasta company could also create Spotify playlists, but none of them would get the recognition, rightly so, at this point, because Barilla did it first. That's awesome. I would love for you guys uh, down in the comments, uh, tell us why you are remarkable. What is it about your business? If you've been listening to this and going like, you know, I've kind of done this already, maybe kind of the focus. I would love to know what that is. Uh, And I'd like Sabrina, I have a good idea of what yours is because you show up every week. Um, So um, I would love it, though, to put that in the comments. So wherever you're watching from, drop in why your company or your brand is remarkable down below, because I'm sure Rich would love to see that as well. So, so sorry, Grace, I jumped, I jumped the gun. On oh, you. no, yeah. that was perfect. Absolutely. Well, because I mean, we've, you've given us some really great examples already, but I want to give us some other examples of, of brands or clients that are employing the remarkability formula and doing it remarkably well. Uh, clients of mine. So one, I was actually on the phone with yesterday. Uh, this is an exam prep company for a specific industry. And they were the default uh, exam prep company for this particular industry for years. You know, if you want to get your certification, everybody went through this company. Um, it was a tough exam prep. And a lot of people complained that it was too difficult. Well, when they came to us, they had started to lose market share. And it was because there was a number of upstarts that were talking about that the other one was too hard, it took too long, and they had created a, you know, basically a minimal competency exam prep. So you would you would pass the test, which is all you really want to do anyways, with these hacks on how to pass the test. And they were like thinking of changing their business model to, to basically make their test easier. And my recommendation, which they thankfully went with, was actually you should lean into it. You're not really difficult. You're the most rigorous. And we even gave them a tagline to use when you're prepping for a career, not just an exam. The bottom line is those competitors are going to take some business away from them because they are. But we're going to go after the best possible clients. We're going to go after the industry leaders who are going to be doing the recommendations down the road. And they agree that they want to be providing exam prep for the people who are really going to be the best of the best. So no, they can't be everything to all people, but they can kind of, what makes them remarkable is already there. And then honing that message and communicating that message, that's the other key thing too. So that's one example of a company that's been doing it that almost did the wrong thing and tried to be all things to all people, but instead came back to the roots and just did a better job of identifying what made them remarkable and then naming it. And the other thing is they have like one of the highest pass rates, they have the highest pass rates, it's almost 100%. Uh, They're actually part of university curriculum. So if they had given up what made them remarkable, they would have lost a lot of that. So, and they have a money back guarantee if you don't pass the test. So I'm like, there's no reason why people shouldn't be using you. Mm, That's great. So I want to bring up, I was thinking about, I think COVID um, really, it like when people went through the fire, they actually a forage almost like you were talking about it caused them to change their model or rethink it and how to do it. Like some of my friends who are artists, like they were teaching classes in like a municipal building. I mean, they would come in, they'd have painting classes, whatever that ended. And it, it wiped out a lot of them, but the smart ones were going and making these, uh, they were doing the live trainings online. They were taking supplies and dropping them off at certain locations and they had a subscription service that they went to. And so 
and that made them more remarkable and that gave them a huge customer appreciation that during this time, these people could still be creative, even if they're stuck at home. And so sure. I think that pivoting is also a big part of that too, is like, okay, how can I be remarkable in a crisis? So, right. Yeah. Well, and that comes down to your ability to adapt mm-hmm. and change and just being able to roll with the punches. Pivot is a word that some people almost start to get triggered by, but right. yeah, to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it brings up really an interesting story in another one of our clients, actually. So uh, I don't know how much time we have left. Yeah, you're but good. I'd you're love good. To talk. Yeah, yeah. Good. So um, we had this brand new client um, and she came to us. She wanted, uh, they, they were launching their website. Uh, they were launching a business. They wanted us to launch a website. They wanted us to do a logo for them. Um, and so we did it. It was this plumbing company out of Pennsylvania. And literally as they're opening their doors, COVID hits, there's no events to sponsor. There's, you know, nobody wants service people in their homes. They're like floundering. And she thought digital marketing was going to be this, like the sob that would fix everything. And, you know, I had to explain to her, I'm like, yeah, SEO and local SEO will help, but Google doesn't know you. It doesn't trust you yet. It's going to take six months or longer for you really start getting some good traffic in the search engines. And she had spent all her money on this um, jetter truck, this really powerful piece of equipment. So she didn't have a lot of money to spend on Google ads or Facebook ads. And, and she was like really getting frustrated. And I felt bad. There was not a whole lot I could do. Mm-hmm. About this time, uh, we had a pipe burst in our house. And no, she did not come up from Pennsylvania to Maine <laughs> to fix our pipe. But uh, my girlfriend's daughter was living with us at the time. And she, before COVID closed down the schools, was taking a plumbing class just by chance. And she felt she knew how to fix this pipe. We had, uh, but she didn't have the right tools. So she calls up her professor and again, COVID, he drops this specialized piece of equipment on her front steps. She goes out and gets it, gets to work. And I said, oh, you know, I kind of wish we could FaceTime with your professor so that, or teacher, so that he could walk us through this. Now, as it turned out, she didn't need any help. She she totally nailed it, fixed the fixed the uh, leak right away. But it was an aha moment for me. I ran upstairs. I got on the computer. I reached out to this woman and I said, I think you should start offering virtual service calls for free and you'll walk people through any repairs they can do themselves. And you only come out to the house if you absolutely need to. She loved this idea. We promoted it on the website. We promoted it through social media and literally as if the the planets aligned the very next day somebody took her up on this she was savvy enough to videotape the zoom call that her husband was doing with the homeowner we edited it down we put that on the website we put it up to social media we sent it out to the local press and they picked it up as a story of a you know feel good story of a local company small business that had pivoted and now they were this was what they were offering and this it really took off i'm very pleased to announce it now a couple years later they have 10x the number of reviews of anybody else in the area and they have so much business they're looking to hire like everybody else is so i'm not saying it was because of my aha moment but it was finding that element of remarkability and offering it and communicating it clearly to their audience that really started the ball rolling in the right direction for them that's awesome i love love that story i love the stories and by the way we have stories from our amazing audience that i want to make sure to talk about before we wrap up the show uh sabrina goes uh 12 years in business and i know i mean 13 years in business that she's done that makes her remarkable but because she is uh easy to reach each day turn on a dime move clients to newer uh social media solutions when they uh, debut uh give them more than promise minority and women-owned business in love with social media and what it does for her clients and she is that 
and more. Uh, I see her uh, a lot. Thanks for watching over on LinkedIn, Sabrina. I, we really appreciate all your support. We've got our friend Jim Fuse. He goes, I am remarkable because of my Marine Corps training and uh, experience in leadership. So I love his tagline. It's marketing the Marine Corps way. I think that's just great. That's great. So, yeah, yeah. So it is great. Thank Jim for your service, too, by the way. Um, and then um, Gary Stockton says, in quarter one, we moved to 25,000 unbanked credit, invisible people into the credit system with Experian. Go. That's a societal change. And that is remarkable. And, and absolutely. And Gary is just remarkable anyway. So uh, and we have um, let's see. Rivs, I Robbie's, think. Robbie's, Robbie's says. Yes. He says, I'm remarkable because we focus on self-care and making natural skincare products. We stood out by making natural soaps that look like food. For example, donuts, Cinnabon, watermelon, a watermelon icy. Oh, my gosh. Do they Excellent. smell like food? They, oh, they look like food or do yeah. they smell like food? too? That's the last thing we need on this show because I, yeah. I can't and, I, and then I can't eat it. That's the thing. So that is really cool. That is really cool. So, Rich, before we wrap up everything, thank you for getting us to think about this because I guess you, you kind of almost need to do an audit with the remarkability formula. Do you do it like every six months, every quarter? How do you kind of think about that? I would recommend that it, the answer is it depends. So mm -hmm. I would say that if you start feeling like you're not getting the same results that you were getting, or you see other competitors move into the marketplace, those are times where you really need to reflect inwards and, and really determine what makes you remarkable. And again, it's once you've done this work, it's about communicating it to your ideal customers. That's the critical thing. So that's where the social media and the digital marketing piece comes in. Um, but it's any time you feel that pain point, or maybe you just get in the habit of setting a timer for every six months. It's just taking a look and maybe getting ahead of it a little bit and saying like, are we still standing out the way that we want to? Awesome. Well, Rich, thank you so much for being here and letting us pick your brain <laughs> about being Thanks, remarkable. Uh, tell before people we sign off, let people know where they can find all things Rich Brooks and where to connect with you. Sure. So I'm on every social media channel as the Rich Brooks, but LinkedIn is kind of my jam. So I'm most likely to respond there. Uh, if you do reach out, just let me know where you heard me. So mention the show. Um, and if you want to check out my agency website, uh, it's at takeflight.com, which they're showing right now. And if you like podcasts, check out the Agents of Change podcast at theagentsofchange.com. It's an awesome, awesome podcast. And uh, she does say they they smell like the like like it too, the food so, too. yes they smell so. like the donuts and the cinnamon oh, and the watermelon okay i could not handle all right that. we, we gotta wrap up the show jeff is gonna start eating his I, microphone i'll start so. eating soap yep that's what's gonna happen um <laughs> so where can people find out about you grace where's where's the you best can place find me here next week we are we will be going live again friday july 22nd 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m central and i'm working on a guest but yeah we will we, we're gonna come back to you like i love this show i i love half the time i forget that i'm hosting I'm just sitting here listening. I know so that's what taking notes. Jeff takes me off camera because I'm just like, She's, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and don't forget that you can get Rich's book down below if you're watching on Amazon. If you want to go over to Amazon and get it, go to uh, jeffc.live. That's S is in Sam, I E H, I before E, especially in C. That way you can go over there and uh, get that book. And also, don't forget we are a podcast and we would love for you guys to give us a rating and review. Uh, just search for Social Media News Live on all the uh, podcast apps and we should be there. Uh, and appreciate all you guys thank you uh martin thank you gary uh sabrina all the folks in the comments for your great questions uh we appreciate you and we'll see you next week bye everybody bye, everyone. social media news live